Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Hello Susan. Hello, Guthrie. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hi. You're very eager today. <laughs> I'm awake. That's excellent. That's excellent to hear. You know, yesterday I went to a birthday party. Yeah. And there was a there was a girl there who ordered a beer, and it this was, wasn't your birthday. It was not my birthday. No, okay. it was a friend of mine. And uh, this girl ordered a beer. Yeah. And uh, she, uh, it, it was it was it was weird because it looked like a Belgian. It was like a very it was a very bright color. Yeah, I don't you know, know very a lot yellow. about beer. Yeah. But it um, had uh, coffee in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard. And I th- definitely hear that's a thing. But. But this was like normally you hear of like a like a like there's like chocolate stouts or like the but this one because it was so light I think they used um, green coffee beans and like infused and like and like then just like soaked them in water and then put okay. that water into the beer. It was very, yeah. So I think it had like a bunch of caffeine, but like in a beer is weird. Craft beer is in a weird place. Did you did you drink it? I actually you know I didn't even try it. I don't know. Oh. I don't know what I was thinking. Is there a reason why you're telling me this story? Well, you seem very excited. I was wondering if maybe you were drinking it. <laughs> you mean, you're wondering if I've had a, a coffee-infused beer today? Yeah. No, the answer is no. I haven't mm. had any coffee either. I actually don't drink much coffee. Uh, I do drink black tea that has caffeine in it. So that's my oh, okay. that's my caffeine of choice. And yes, I've had my black tea today, but I've had my black tea every morning. So no, I think the sun is shining. And uh, I just have, there's a it's lot going on. Here. And what? It's cloudy here. Oh, the sun is shining here. There's a lot going on. A lot of, just a lot of things happening in my life today and this week. And it just gets me... Gets me all going. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, today's topic is, can you remember what today's topic is? Uh, yeah. I was just, <laughs> so I think, I think I'm going to let um, you steer. You're going to let me today. drive on this? Well, this is a little more, a little more your neck of the woods. Because we're going to talk about memory. Yeah. Um, preferably if it's all alone in the moonlight. What? I, what was that? If it's all if it's all alone in the moonlight. I I don't know what that's a reference to. Uh, that's that's so sad. You're in so many Broadway shows for so long. I was I was about to 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 sing. Memories like the corners of your mind. All right, I'll forget. It's a that. different one. Yeah, I, I was know. actually what are you doing about? the memory songs from Cats. Yeah, but you—I guess you never did Cats, did you? You know, I haven't even seen Cats. Oh, okay. Well, then that would explain it. Why you yeah. wouldn't understand that? Yeah, so uh, anyway, Broadway references aside, I thought that we would talk about memory today um it is one of my favorite topics you're right and and we'll even be able to connect it to the tech part of our human tech podcast name so um did you see the movie uh inside out yes i did 
You remember which movie I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. I actually really, really liked that movie. I thought it was very imaginative in a lot of different I enjoyed ways. the movie, but I was constantly bothered by the parts of the movie that are not accurate in terms of how the brain works. Yeah. You know, I just couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I heard an interview with the with uh, I don't know the producers or the director or something of the movie, and they said they knew at the time that there were things they were portraying inaccurately, and they just decided to go ahead and do it. Um, it yeah, it's t- it's hard to write a movie, much less an engaging one. Yes, but I but it bothered me, and the part that I'm referring to is the storage of the memories in the movie. So do you remember how they how memories were stored in the movie? Yes. They were in these round ball bubble thingies. Yes. And there were like uh you know vast caverns of of shelves with all these colored balls and that represented all the long-term memories which they then proceeded at one point to bring out and destroy or something, right? Yeah. So uh, that's not how memory works. So mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit about how memory works and uh, some of the interesting, weird quirks about memory. Go for it. So do you remember? Ha, ha, good joke. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a good a joke. joke. It's that was, not. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> I'm going to ask you. Oh, okay. Do you remember uh, where you were and what you were doing on September 11th, 2001? Yep. Fam- famously known as 9-11. Yep. Okay, what do you remember about that day? Well, I remember snippets. Um, I was in uh, sixth grade, I yeah. think. It was sixth or seventh. I don't necessarily remember. Yeah. Um, I had the same teachers and, like, the same class orders for sixth and seventh grade, so it all kind of mushes together. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I was – it. I remember – first hearing about it we were in English class okay and I was on the I was on the, the left side of the room uh, I, and I remember the uh, teachers discussing uh, in kind of hushed tones in the hallway people the teachers were talking and we were we were just working on some project I don't know what it was but we were working some project, but I but we, we you know the ki- kids know when when something is something's something, going on something's going on um, yeah um, and uh, the, the teachers were were talking in hushed tones and seemed very distraught. And then uh, finally, when we got when uh, we went to science science class, um, we turned on uh, turned on the television, and so so we were just kind of watching the footage. By that time, a lot of stuff had already happened. I think uh, I think though uh, yeah, I it, it was definitely I think everything basically had already happened except the towers falling and that and when they fell I was like, oh wow, that's pretty crazy. But I mean, on the flip side, it wasn't it wasn't really a dramatic moment. Um, we were in sixth and seventh grade and we instead of having to do schoolwork, we were just able to like stand around and joke around and watch TV. So, you know, it was kind of serious, and I, I think it probably, you know, but there were definitely, I don't know, we were kind of, at sometimes we were, like, hanging on the back, like, just talking, joking, like, I don't know, being middle schoolers, not understanding the gravity of the situation, and having, you know, most most kids had never really been to New York. N- you know, New York was, like, a place, right? But, it, you know, 
we're, we're like 13 so like we don't really understand from in rural nowhere it's not like it, it's it, it has like a you know that strong of a connection because we've never been it was you know the place like any other place so okay that's that's uh that's your memory of it do you remember anything else about the day or your what you were wearing or um what no. anybody in particular said or no no okay. nothing nothing specific um i do remember specifically one of my classmates though definitely said uh, that um, uh, Bush did 9/11, and it, it was an inside job. So I think that, pretty sure that happened. That's a joke, by the way. Uh, that was a this is political humor. You mean that didn't happen? That did no. That was okay. A joke. Um, no, I don't remember anything about what I was wearing. I don't um, remember anything about uh, my brain. You know, just fills in the details for some of the other stuff. I remember the black tables in the science class. So that okay. It, uh, but but you know. We've had the, we had those tables for forever, so it's not surprising. Okay. But uh, I yeah, I just remember uh, I remember where the TVs were in the room. Okay. Um, but but uh, that's about all. Yeah, I don't you know. So so did we did we turn the TVs on when I was in English class before we went to science? I I don't I don't remember. It's possible. When exactly did we did where we was I told? I don't remember. Okay. I just kind of remember like these kind of two or three moments. Okay. Um, and that's about that's about it. All right. So, um, and we're recording this in 2017. So that was you know, 15 and a half years ago. I know. Everyone's right. old. Now I have another question for you. It's a lot. It's a lot of years. Yeah. Can you tell me what you remember about uh, April 20th? 2009 2009 mm-hmm. so so September 20 2007 I was a freshman which means April 2008 I would have been a freshman, which means April 2009, I would have been a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So I was living in the Christmas tree house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, I was living in a patio. It was probably a little warmer. If I knew the day of the week, I'd probably know a little more. But yeah, no, of course. Of course, I without 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 getting a reference point, without understanding more. You don't remember anything about April 20th, 2009. I, Yes, it was a very nondescript day, and and you know I couldn't tell you anything about September tenth, mm-hmm. two thousand one, or September twelfth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, those are, those right. are just, just so, days. And uh, and the reason that you can remember some details about September eleventh and not September tenth or September twelfth or April twentieth, two thousand nine, because something is, happened. Is because something big happened, and yeah. not only something big though. Here's the diff- but here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I remember big things happening all throughout lots of time. The only mm-hmm. difference is is that it's not it's not globalized, okay. Mm-hmm. So if uh, yeah, so like there because because you have to have a globalized to know the date. The only reason I remember the date is because is because we celebrate it every year, right? So like mm-hmm. I know this happened on a specific date. That's the mm-hmm. name of the event. Um, but if it's not globalized in um, any way, 
I don't know. It's I have not just no yeah, yeah, but it's not guess. just the globalizing. Okay. Well, no, I mean I have to like so for example. Okay. If I ask you what you were doing on July fourth of two thousand twelve, you're not. I mean that's a date that is celebrated every year, and yet you're unlikely to have particular information about that date. I could figure it out, actually. You could figure it out. You can yeah. go back in time and maybe figure it out. Or, but if I said, if I go back far enough, like. But again, July that's a globalized date. That's that's because uh, because you know it. You just have to think of the fireworks memory in the certain spot, and you can kind of yeah, get back there. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the problem, it, but again, that's because it's July Fourth. It happens every year on a specific date. So, for example, mm -hmm. I remember in high school, um, a couple, you know, a sports teams winning the state championship, for example, right? Yes. I know probably, you know, maybe like I could figure out the month it was in, right? But right. what exact date was I mean, I have, I don't know. It's right. not, it falls on a different date every year because it's, but you it's know, the not Thursday the global, of the third. But week. I'm going to tell you it's not the global nature that makes you remember, although that might help in some memories. Well, but. I don't remember. I don't know if I think – I don't think I remember any – specific days i yeah. could tell you what happens on any specific day if it wasn't tied to a global event basically um some national holiday or my birthday uh well what's actually more important about it is that it's tied to a an event that had an emotional charge be around it even if it wasn't for you an emotional charge it was an emotional charge for other people. Like you said, the teachers were huddling in the hall. You knew something was up. And even though you were in sixth grade and maybe it wasn't particularly important to you because, you know, like you said, you're in middle school and New York's a long way away, um, there was enough of a emotional charge amongst other people around you and enough discussion of it um, and as you said, enough discussions since, right? Uh, that yeah. it get <laughs> you're not buying this. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in a car accident? Yes, I have. Okay. And 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 um, you remember the car accident pretty clearly. Yes, I do. Okay. What day was that? Uh, I cannot tell you the date. See, this is this is my point, right? The day, do you, do you but, like? I can remember the event you know, very clearly, but yes. tying, but but actually knowing the date, it, it's kind of irrelevant, really. Yeah, and I'm not and I'm not talking about knowing the date. I'm just talking days. about the clarity of memory. Okay. When there is an event ah. that has a strong emotional component. Okay. Yes. That's yes. what I'm talking about. So, for example. I can't tell you the date, but I remember, um, you know, in college when I did poorly on a test. And that right? was a, yes. And for you, that was a strong emotional content because you didn't usually do poorly. Right, right, right. Okay. I remember, for I remember other people, perhaps who like, do poorly oh on tests God, a lot, I it was, that was just another normal day. I should have taken day. the easy version of Calc. Why yeah, did for I take you, engineering calc? that was this a big is, deal. Yeah, so when when memories are surrounded with strong emotional charge, they get encoded in a different way in our brain. Okay. And they seem uh, they seem easier to retrieve, and they seem more vivid than other memories. And even when you were trying to figure out, you know, what you were doing on April twentieth, you were like following a 
you you were attempting to follow a chain of associations. It was really right. interesting, actually, what you did because you said, "Let's see, you know, I would have been a sophomore. I, I lived in the. I would have lived in the Christmas tree house. You know, yeah, yeah. so it would have been April. It would have been a little warmer in my room than it normally de- it was. You know, yeah. so you were you were um, doing a combination of logical uh, suppositions plus some memory, um, but that's a different experience even even the memory of it is a different experience than remembering a particular event that had an emotional charge so one of the things i wanted to talk about here is just the fact that we have different kinds of memories and there are different ways we encode what we know uh um, for instance if i ask you uh you know who was the third president of the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if you know or not. Do you know? Okay, so boy, this is yeah, and I really should. I I'm uh, not sure I, I know. So okay, Washington. Well, let's see if we can do this. Washington was number one. Yeah. Then it was Quincy Adams. Okay. I believe then it was Jefferson who was number three, and then it was Quincy Adams uh, again. But there, and there may have been someone in between. Yeah, I don't know um, either, and we can we can look it up. But that experience of that of remembering that, you know, oh look, he's looking it up. I can hear him typing. Shh, I'm not typing. I hear you typing. I'm not. You, no, it's just a figment of your imagination. And the <laughs> and the answer is. What's the answer? Um, yes. Sh- yes. Thomas so, Jefferson. Yes, I was very close. I, I I thought four was maybe Quincy Adams again, but he so it was Washington. Yeah. Adams. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Then came James Madison. I always think yeah. he comes later. I figured James Madison was in James Madison. Summer. James Monroe. Right, I figured Monroe. And then was John there. Quincy Adams. Yes. What you and really then we need hit to... Andrew Jackson and we're in the... You probably could just run through the streets in downtown Chicago in order and figure it out. But, um... Because they're named after the presidents. However... Van Buren, Harrison. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, Fillmore. <laughs> no one remembers Millard Fillmore, by the way. All right, just stop. So, that's a different experience, remembering information like that. So, there's different kinds of information we have, and they're stored in different ways, and they're encoded in different ways, and the experience of remembering them is different. Here's what's interesting, though, about the personal memories, what's sometimes called episodic memories, um, which are your personal memories. So, rather than remembering that Thomas Jefferson was the third president, that's not an episodic memory. That's um, just a you know long-term fact memory. Um when you do that, uh, and the kind of memory I was talking about that where you remember an emotional event, that's called a flashbulb memory. I don't know where these names came from. What we know about uh, episodic or flashbulb memories, so not the fact stuff, but the other stuff particularly, even some of the fact stuff, is that um, oftentimes our memories are false or they're partially true and partially false. They are very subject to errors Um, and even when we when we replay a memory that's episodic or especially a flashbulb memory it seems very vivid and very clear and and a lot of our memories we have about particular events in our lives they it feels like you're running a movie clip back in your brain it's so clear Um, 
and yet they can often be uh, false or totally false or at least partially false or mostly false and it still seems like no 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 I that's really what happened I can see it you know I can see it in my head so interestingly like I said in the movie Inside Out our memories are not stored uh, it, you know it's not like there's a certain place in our brain where the memory of a particular event is stored we actually recreate our memories every time we retrieve them we actually refire neurons and recreate it's as though the memory were were um, uh, happening it's, it's as though it's happening again I mean that because there's actually neuron firings in your brain and um, but there, because of that it's the neurons can fire a little differently the next time and the next time and the next time based on other events and other memories and things you believe or don't believe um, so you can really end up with memories that seem very real but aren't there was a, a professor at a university that did an experiment where the day after 9-11 he had his students write down you know their memory of that day and then uh, 10 years later he tracked them down and asked them what they remembered of the day and then after they told him you know because they and they all you know remembered oh yes I was doing this I was doing that and then they showed them the uh, essays that they had written the papers they'd written the day after and the two did not match right uh, and in fact one person said I wouldn't have even thought I had written this except it is my handwriting so yeah so it's interesting our memories are really faulty this is the whole thing about you know eyewitness testimony I mean you're a lawyer right did yes, you learn what did you learn about eyewitness testimony when you were in law school I generally that is pretty bad I didn't take a whole lot of uh, uh, trial stuff so so you didn't get a lot of it. So I didn't get a lot of it. But yeah, for sure. Definitely, um, definitely like uh, that you just, that you know, everyone's lying and it's no one believes it and all kinds of stuff. But a lot of times people really think it's the truth. I mean, they're not necessarily lying. I mean, I'm sure people lie. But a lot of times in eyewitness testimony, they're, you know, they're telling what they absolutely believe is true. And, and they're like, yeah, this is really what happened. Well, I know all my memories are completely garbage because a lot of times I can see it from my, like, f from a third person view. You know is what I'm saying? This is, is this another Guthrie's Brain is Strange episode? Yes. What do you mean you can see it from a third-person view? So when I talk about the September 11th stuff, it's not from yeah. my eyes' vantage point. Like Oh, you see yourself. I'm not not yeah. necessarily that I see myself, but really yeah. it's like it's like I may be from the perspective of like a drone overhead. <laughs> okay. Right? Like I can't like see yeah, myself yeah, and see yeah. what I look like, yeah. right? But like like and so that gives you a hint that maybe this isn't accurate because yeah I'm right if it was completely accurate then all then every, every single memory every it. single memory I should ever yeah. have should yeah. be from the perspective That's of really my eyeballs and include blinks and me looking around like, yeah and then and our memories yeah. are usually um, not that way you are right yeah. so obviously it's right. putting together a three dimensional room right. that I can then have you know fill in some some holes yeah. and gaps in so yeah I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely true. So, 
Um, wow, there's so many things we could talk about about memory. I mean, we could talk about how memory is encoded and what you need to do to remember something. But actually, Nonsense. I want let's talk for a minute about some um, interesting stuff about forgetting. Because, you know, there's remembering and then there's forgetting. So one of the things um, that you do during sleep, you know, sleep in itself is weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all the mammals on the planet just have this point at which they, you know, either lie down or fall down and go unconscious, right? I mean, <laughs> that's strange. And it happens every day. I mean, that's a strange concept. To me, that's a strange concept. And, and there's a lot we don't know about sleep. But one of the things we know about sleep is that uh, you're your brain while you're sleeping is kind of running through everything from that day and deciding what to remember and what to forget. So forgetting is interesting too, right? I mean, we have to forget stuff or else we would get overloaded with remembering things and we couldn't, couldn't function. Um, so that's one thing about forgetting. The other thing about forgetting, do you remember, okay, sorry about all these movie references. I just love movies. Uh, the internal sunshine of the spotless mind. Is that did I give that right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. Um, and in that movie, it's about uh, a company that can uh, you can hire to erase particular memories in your brain. Mm-hmm. So, um, which was very kind of sci-fi when it came out, but actually, you can do that now. I mean, I don't know of any commercial companies that are doing this, but it is possible to erase a particular memory in your brain. Um, and there are basically three ways to do this. Uh, one is with um, chemicals. So there's there are drugs you can take that actually don't don't erase a past memory but they prevent you from remembering anything that's happening now. And we use some of those drugs in surgeries. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a really good thing. Yeah, so that you cannot remember anything about the surgery. So um, that's one way to erase a memory is just to prevent it from forming. But there are also other things that can be done. One is with electrical stimulation, and the other is with uh, light pulses that can actually uh, kind of um, disrupt the electrical signal of some neurons. So when, for instance, if, if I had you, you know, in a, all hooked up to machinery and asked you to remember an event, uh, I could see your brain activity and you could actually see the neurons firing. So uh, if you're very, very, very careful, and this is not easy to do, and it does require like a neurosurgeon, you can kind of zap those neurons as they're firing and uh, disrupt the, the neuron firing chain and thereby disrupt the memory, kind of mm-hmm. zap it. So yeah. this is being experimented with for people who've had like really traumatic experiences. Yeah. That they, you could go in and just kind of get rid of a one particular memory. So there's, you know, your next tech company, Guthrie. 
<laughs> you could do that, right? Uh, just not... take my billion dollars of funding and, you know, just kind of. I think it would take a lot of funding. Well, I don't know. You just got to, uh, you'd have to go back to school and become a neurosurgeon. That's what you'd have to do. All right. Now, here's another thing about forgetting that I find really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you walk through a doorway, that triggers forgetting. Did you know that? Well, I did because but I, I don't think many people know that. But I knew, yes, I knew that. I've oh, you knew that because I told you that or you'd read yes. that? Or, oh. Yes, you've, you've told oh. me this. Um, so, uh, it does, do, we'll, we'll see how much you remember ha, 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 about this. So does it matter um, how big the room is in terms of how much whether you forget or how much you forget? I don't you remember. You know, because you could walk through a doorway in the room. You know, it takes you two feet to get to the doorway versus it takes you. I can't you know. recall. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Okay. Just the, it's the it's the act of the doorway. And here's another question: If you're playing a game, okay, uh, mm-hmm. like a video game. Yeah. Or a computer game. And, you know, you're a character in the game, right? Yeah. And you walk through a doorway in the game play. Yeah. Will you, will that also trigger forgetting? I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume it will. It will. Yeah. So there seems to be this weird um, effect about walking through doorways makes us forget things. I, I guess it's adaptive. I don't know. I just, I find that kind of odd and interesting. But, you know, I like these odd and interesting things. All right, so now uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, okay. I like to put you on the spot. I'm fine with that. What, what uh, you need to ask me a question about memory. Is there anything about memory that you've kind of always wanted to know? Any kind of memory. I mean, that's pretty tough, putting you on the spot like that. Yeah, go ahead. I may not be able to answer it, but you could try. Can't remember anything, can you? Yeah? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Why are some people better at remembering different types of media than others. Give me, you tell me what you mean by the question. Um, I'm really, really good at remembering things I watch and especially listen to. So yes. I can remember music really, really well. And I can, if I like see a movie, I basically can like often, pl- like I can remember very specific details about the movie. I can remember like, scenes very well and that's why it's yeah. no fun for me to rewatch shows and movies because i know what's going to happen it's just no fun okay but it, but i don't remember dialogue very well the dialogue part is just not there so it's not like i can play it back and like the and like you know hear the dialogue what they're saying yeah um but i can but but you know i'm really good with with audio with songs um and you know so so maybe I can't remember the lyrics, but I can remember, you know, the guitar solo. 
but I and then and then also with movies, you know, I can I can re- remember a picture and I can kind of remember you know what's on the screen, but I can't remember what they say. And is it and can you like so you said you can't remember the dialogue, and but you said you do remember m- music very well, but let's go back to what you said about lyrics. So do you think that's true that you're you're better at remembering the melody than you are the lyrics? I would yes, much better. And, th- mm-hmm. and I think that part is true of many people that the melody is easier to remember than the lyrics. But, but um, even, uh, yeah, but not just like the chorus that repeats four times, but like, like specifically like, you know, like a, like a guitar solo, for example. Yeah. That's kind of all over the place and you don't really yeah. know what's coming. I mm-hmm. can. So, um, there are, there are individual differences in, in, um, this is interesting because this is where sometimes you'll hear people talk about, you know, the left half of the brain and the right half of the brain, and they might say, oh, well, that's because you're a right brain person, and that always drives me crazy. I think I've mentioned, maybe I've mentioned that before in a previous podcast, because I did my PhD research years ago on um, the theories about the left and right half of the brain. And uh, you do have a left half of your brain and you do have a right half of the brain, but it's not true that some people are left-brained and some people are right-brained. And, uh, you know, we have two halves of the brain and they do some things differently and some things the same and they're constantly communicating with each other anyway. So it's not really like you're a left brain or a right brain person. But when people say that, and I, I go crazy when people say that stuff, but when they say that, typically what they mean is... They're referring, for instance, to a learning style, to a modality preference. So when you, uh, what you just described is um, a modality preference, and there are individual differences in this. So there are some people that uh, um, either prefer to receive information um, uh, visually versus verbally, uh, and and or they remember information, uh, they remember stuff better if it's visual versus if it's verbal. And this, the words versus the, so, you know, you could say, well, but you said that you can remember a melody and that's auditory, so why can't you remember dialogue? Well, so there's visual and there's auditory and there's uh, kinesthetic, which would be touch and movement, but there's also, you know, if we can talk about auditory, but auditory, you know, v- words is different than music. So in your brain, you know, where music is processed is um, different than where words are processed. Uh, also, interestingly, someone who has been trained in music, who for instance has learned from a young age to play a musical instrument, processes music differently in their brain if you if you could see you know so you have someone who was trained uh in music and i happen to know that you were that you played violins to start with from the before you were three and then you played other instruments so someone who's been you know formally trained uh in playing music um if you looked at their brain while they were listening to any piece of music, whether it was one they knew or not, their brain activity is different than someone who did not have, you know, hasn't had many years of training. And um, so someone who's been trained for a long time in music, when they listen to music, they have, uh, you would see their right brain being active in terms of the 
uh, emotional content of the music and the overall pattern uh, of the music, but you would also see their left brain active um, analyzing, for instance, um, particular rhythmic patterns and uh, perhaps analyzing, you know, things about key and tonal intervals and, you know, uh, all other kinds of things. And you might even see, um, if they played one instrument for a really long time, you might even see motor, you know, as they're imagining playing that on their on their instrument. So versus someone who's, you know, just loves music and is listening to a piece of music and their brain is going to react differently to it. So anyway, back to your question. Um, you, it sounds like one of one of your preferences about information is uh, a visual preference more than a verbal. So you have auditory because because of the music part, but not as much verbal. So it's just some people are, you know, more attuned to one preference over another. I'm kind of the opposite. I'm very verbally oriented. So um, I'm I'm actually my whole visual memory and my whole visual sense, that's for me the um, worst (laughs) of all my senses Mm. uh, to the point where I'm just, I'm constantly surprised by um, things I see that, I mean, I've lived in the same house for a very, very long time. And there are times when I walk in a room and see something that I never realized was there. And it's been there (laughs) for literally decades. And I've been in that room for decades and I never noticed, you know, just something about, you know, the way the wood is on the window or, you know, something. It's like I never noticed it before. So I'm not, I am just not a particularly visual person. That's not how I take in information. So Hmm. that was a good question. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. And I even had an answer. Maybe I made it all up. You don't know if it's true or not, but um, I had an answer to it. Hmm. So do you have, for instance, so one question I have for you is about your your memory. Do you remember things well, easily? Like, uh, I know you've done a lot of school. I'm really good at forgetting things. You're good at forgetting things? You yeah, mean but once it's you good. have learned them? Yeah, but that's a good thing. But what about like uh, you know, memorizing stuff for a test? Um, you know, I'm actually a mixed bag. Yeah. Um I I'm bad I'll put, I'm bad at memorization stuff. Yeah. Specifically, but I'm really good at learning things. Well, that's interesting. So, so if it's if, a... if I if I can tie it to if I can like tie a concept together then yeah. I'm really really good at remembering it um but, but just it's... memorizing facts for you know so a yeah right hours. yeah right yeah so like if if you if the question was how do how do these things fit together yeah um I can probably remember that I'm pretty good at remembering stories so a lot of law school stuff right I think of like the fact pattern yeah and I'm like, yeah, I remember like the story, right, with the guy and the case where you interesting you like you can't do that, but um, but right, but then it's a lot harder for me to be like, right, so like, what year was so and so? Unless I can like tie it to something else, mm-hmm. um, or uh, what's especially hard, I guess, when when it comes to the law, especially when you're writing um for the bar essays, mm-hmm. which 
I don't. I guess I did okay. I don't really know why. Um, but there are. Uh, you get points for saying the right stuff, and you get points for saying the right thing in the right manner. Mm-hmm. Essentially, so basically, by by requoting um, things verbatim. So if we're talking about, uh, yeah, I had to know all the common law murder stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so common law murder, right? Uh, so, so so there's like there's like a, a felony murder rule, you know, which is you know something you know a, a, a homicide committed with like malice aforethought, you know, a, a reckless indifference to human life. You know, the, there's like these little catch catchphrases. Yeah. And I and again I can remember like small ones, but there are longer like paragraph writ responses that you just need to know. Yeah, um, and I, and I cannot remember them verbatim. Where some of my friends were very good at at remembering them verbatim. Well, that kind of fits too with what you said about not being able to remember dialogue particularly yeah. well. So if yeah. it's just verbal, uh, it sounds like you may have a a more difficult time um, encoding that. And the part that you said, if you can tie it to what you already know, you know. So what we we the term in memory that people use is called encoding. E N C O D I N G. And so there's lots of different ways to encode information so it sticks in long term. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, some people need more structure to encode information than other people do. Um, and, you know, you mentioned stories because that's a way that we encode information, right, is, is by telling it through a story because our brain reacts um, differently to stories than just factual information. And in fact, stories are kind of the natural way our brain um, processes and stores information. But um, yeah, so that's, that's you know, and encoding. And, and everybody is will remember something better if they encode it better. But it's just that there are, we all, we have different ways and different you know, there's certain methods of encoding that are better for some people than others. And yeah. that's one of the reasons that, um, you know, school can be so tough is that sometimes, depends on your teacher and, and the subject matter, but sometimes there are very specific uh, methods for encoding that the the subject matter or the teacher or the school is using. And, you know, that doesn't work for everybody. So... Some people have a really hard time with that. So we kind of reward in school certain types of information processing and certain types of memory encoding. And if that's not your best method, then you may not do well in school. And it doesn't mean that you're not smart or that you can't remember information. It's just that, you know, we don't necessarily have it set up for you, right? Yeah. And one of the things that school does a lot of is what's called, um, you know, uh, really it school really works your working memory, the short term memory, and how you know how fast can you get stuff encoded into long term memory from short term. And people that are particularly good at that tend to do well in school because that's just you know you got a lot of information thrown at you, right? And you have to uh, pro- get it into long-term memory as as best you can and as much as you can. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's see. 
the future of uh, the future of memory and forgetting. I mean, I think that um, I think that having everything available so fast on the internet has maybe changed the requirements for memory. I don't know that we're as impressed these days with people that can remember like lots of stuff because except for school, you know, do you really need to remember all that? No, no, you definitely, you definitely don't. And, and it's, yeah, I mean, and this is, you know, this is the whole thing about the bar because essentially you're, you're being no, no lawyer needs to no memorize anything. Like every single lawyer who's doing law work, like looks up the statutes. They're not going to do it from memory, right? Yeah, why would you need to memorize what the Illinois, the like, I you know, uh, um, you know, you know, ILS like two o four. Like why why you know you don't you don't need to memorize that. You just you look it up. That's that's the whole that's the whole point so but the idea is well in order to be a good i mean it makes more sense if you're like a doctor right who like or like a surgeon you know where like there's a patient like on the table like bleeding out like you just need you like you need to there's certain things you just like need to know how to do but well and there's just certain things you need to know and remember you can't go look them up it's not even know how to do but you need to know that, you know, this particular organ or this particular bone is next to that one, right? Sure. I mean... I, there are you, things you need to know as a, as a lawyer, otherwise you'll be a bad lawyer. But the specifics of it, you know, right? Like, that's, I think that's the... It's, it's much more about analyzing problems, but that's not what they test you on. Um, so they, so why, do you think, why do you think they do that? Are they just trying to I don't know, filter history, people out? Filtering. How else are you going to test people? There's um there they started there's one part of the test now called the MPT, which mm-hmm. is basically, uh it's not based on real law, it's they give you like this is the town of like Fictionville, right, and here's the like and so they give you um like a bunch of different, you know in quotes court cases, mm-hmm. right and laws unquote and like and like two like. Yeah, it's like two court cases and two laws. And then they give you like a set of facts, right? So like Mary's come into your office and she complains that so-and-so did this and this, right? Your boss has asked you to draft a memo to, you know, uh, to, to, to this other corporation stating uh, the, the, you know, or get like, or like draft, a, draft a memo back to, for, for Mary to let her know what her standing is if she decides to move forward with like legal action, right? But but because but it's not but all the but all the laws and stuff are made up. So if you were a lawyer for forty years, right, it doesn't help you because it's not based on law in real life. It's you know you have to go and look up look in the statute, and it's it's a much better way of determining right. It's kind of like your problem solving and like you actually have to do like legal stuff right, and then turn those thoughts into a you know paper and an idea and like concise writing and, and it's a much more so it's more about if you can if if you've learned how the, to law how to law rather yeah. than about particular laws exactly 
Um, yeah. And so that's and so that's cool. Um, and, and I mean, and so th- I think that's a good step. Of course, the only problem is that that's only seven percent of your bar score, right? That the other ninety three percent are for you know, and like and like it's still the other problem and the other problem they run into is that you know the law is different in every single state, and then it's different in every you know county, and it's different in every municipality. You know, it's just like. Like depending what jurisdiction you're in, you, you, there's different rules and people analyze things differently. People use different systems and like, so at, so if you're so if you're designing a test that you have to give to every single like person in like 35 states, yeah, you can't you can't you can't just base it on Illinois law or what Illinois uses, and then of course that changes every couple of years and you have right. to like redo the whole test. So you end up kind of defaulting to. Like so, like for Il- so, like for the Illinois bar, you have to know a lot of common law, okay? Like no one uses common law anymore for like like uh, the common law felonies. Like no one uses common law felonies anymore, but you have to know it because that's what they assume is the law in on the bar. Because some states still do, and you ke- you just you know anyway. So so it's like so it's just weird. The whole the whole thing is weird. So I think it's much more of a we're just trying to get a curve. We're just gonna. Yeah, we're just trying to figure out a way to. Eliminate we're just gonna make your life as miserable as possible, people. and if you're good enough, you'll pass. Uh, but it, I mean, it is true that there are some. Uh, there's something I, the con like the constitutional law stuff. I yeah. totally get. Yeah, there's some things that it's important to just know, and you need to have, you need to have. Uh, learned it well enough that you right. don't have to look it up. And yes, that, yeah, right. and a lot and, of the constitutional and not, stuff. Not only and if you're a surgeon, but just procedural just, law stuff, and yeah, absolutely. See, but, well, but it totally you, changes from state to state. That's the problem. Right. That is the problem. That is a problem. Like, and I'm not like, oh, it's like in one state, it's like you have 60 days to file something. In one state, yeah. you have like 45. It's like, yeah. um, so like, okay, so for example, uh, Illinois is so like if we look at property okay property is one of the eight core subjects on the bar um and property in illinois we have the kind of classical version of, of property law right so if you get married okay you own your stuff and your spouse owns their stuff and you can kind of like mix stuff together but you know right like that's just how it works but in wisconsin it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, a community property state, randomly. So community property, like as soon as you get married, you're considered a single entity, and everything is owned exactly split even between the between the spouses. So like just starting from that simple spot, like yeah, every single thing is different. The entire right. every single law is different. The analysis of every single thing is different. The rules of how you determine what's what is different. It's like it's just totally different and it just depends if you're on the illinois side if you're on the wisconsin side so so do you think yeah so it's interesting i mean i wonder i wonder as we move forward in it through um you know into the future and in with new technology i mean putting aside what the schools are gonna say you have to memorize and, and so on i wonder if the whole idea of uh, 
knowing things long in long term, encoding information into long term memory. You know, maybe that'll just uh, start to to disappear, and well, maybe with you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, start, it's starting to in law schools. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, it's, uh, I don't know that that's. Hit. I mean, we we had some some podcast episodes about you know education, yeah. and I don't know that that's been that's hit yet. In, well, let me. In, can I give an example? Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I took, when I was a 1L, I took um, civil procedure. And the rules for civil procedure are pretty difficult. They're well encoded, but they're pretty difficult. And the nice thing is they are standardized across almost all states. I think maybe all states. And uh, the, the federal, well, in the federal level. So it's the federal rules of civil, civil procedure. And, um, if, uh, and, and back in the day, when you took a final in law school, they gave you like a pencil and a piece of paper and it was like, have fun. Um, and nowadays you can use your laptop, but they use very, very smart software that locks the entire laptop down. You can't, you literally cannot do anything except basically have a word document come open. That's taken over your entire operating system. Very intrusive hard uh, software, but it gets the job done, right? So you, you can't have it. You, like your internet connection literally does not. You can't go look up any other look. information. You can't change tab. Like it's it's you're completely yeah. locked down, even though it's your laptop. So it's so it's essentially the same thing. But a, a bunch of years ago, uh, you know, they used to just hand you a piece of paper and a pencil, and so you had to have memorized all the rules if you wanted to get the answers right. Um, and when I took, uh, I I we had a we had we we had a. a a, uh, a great teacher who was kind of he was kind of like a bulldog where he'd like sit he would sit in a chair in the front and just kind of scowl and then randomly call on people and, <laughs> and ask them rules of, and see if they had, had read cases and stuff and then berate you if you had it was great um but uh that that was definitely the exception and the and that was an insanely hard test because you had to basically memorize all the rule the federal rules of civil procedure which are onerous and difficult and like very very arbitrary and specific right so like you know so like there's certain right so like after you file you know an answer to a motion you have you know blah, blah, i don't even remember it anymore but you know you have like 60 days to do this well that's or, interesting you don't even remember it anymore well i had to memorize it for but the well i mean it's like right like one is 60 and the other one's 24 and then there's like but it's like it's 24 but then if you you know it's 30 if it's in this case and it's just it's it's just very complex. So we had, so we, you know, I just remember every, all of all of my poor one L's were just like, you know, weeping in quarters as they were trying to memorize, um, you know, 120 pages of rules so that they wouldn't fail this test. The vast majority of, of tests I took afterwards, if there were large amounts of rules that we needed to memorize, they gave us the pertinent rule. They gave us, or they like, we could take the rule book in. So, like, when I took um, my final for evidence, okay, much in the same way of the federal rules for civil procedure, there are the federal, you know, the federal rules of evidence, um, and they're, you know, standardized and codified. And, but when we took the test, like, we couldn't take in any notes, but we could take in the rules. Yeah. Right? So, so, so if you're like, oh, yeah, I think, I think maybe you can maybe use this rule for, for this, for this question. Um, so, it's a lot, just a lot less memorization and a lot more analysis. Yeah. But, and and that's definitely changing already. The 
the flip side is that people from back in the day would say, well, law school's much easier now. Yeah. And they would probably be correct. Because, hmm. yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just a lot of work to memorize stuff. It's to, really hard. When I think about memory and um, uh, computer design. Yeah. Um, so years ago, uh, when we would design screens for software, a lot of what we were trying to do in the design of the screen was reduce how much people had to remember. And uh, I think these days, I don't know that people realize that a lot of the, the advances in, in interfaces, in computer interfaces in terms of ease of use, a lot of the reason that stuff is easier to use now than it was, let's say, 30 years ago is because you don't have to remember as much stuff. So it was really common, you know, because way back when, and, and you know, I don't know, how, you probably don't have much direct memory of this, um, but way back when, you know, you'd be looking at a computer screen and there would be all these initials and acronyms because um, you couldn't scroll. So right. you had to fit as much as you could on one page. And right. so they would just have an acronym. That, yes, that's right, guys. You had to remember what you'd seen because you couldn't scroll. You it's couldn't, true. It's, yeah. If you, um, and you couldn't click and get a drop-down list of, right. of stuff. I mean, you there was abbreviations. You had to know the, what they abbreviate. You know, you're looking at a field on a screen, and it says, you know, ACR and instead of the whole name. And you had to remember what the heck ACR was. And then you had to remember for the ACR field what what the uh, allowable text codes to type in were. And so, I mean, there was no drop-down menu. And if, you, if there was a help, that you know, one of the first ways to fix this was with a help system. But then when you pressed on help, your screen was replaced with the help screen because we didn't have multiple windows. And so... You know, then you'd have to try and remember what it was you were looking up, and then you'd look it up in the help screen, and then the help screen would go away, and you'd try to memorize what code you wanted while the screen refreshed and came back. I mean, so a lot of the of why software, and it's software because there weren't websites that didn't exist, but a lot of the reason that software was hard to use was because it really taxed um, human memory. And a lot of the advances that we have now uh, in in interaction technology and computer design uh, are because we have things that allow people to not have to remember. You know, they click the drop-down box and choose the the uh, you know allowable answer, or the the text field name is you know you get the whole thing on the screen instead of having to know what the the abbreviation is so yeah I, and uh, you know there's entire generations of people that don't appreciate how much better things were i mean you've i know that you you like to play around with like uh linux and stuff like that right mm -hmm. so you know that um sometimes you can go into a mode of interacting with the computer where you command it's just a command line. line and it's just a blank line and I really going, like working with the command line. You by like the way. working with the command line, and it's it, so funny because a lot of people I uh, in in the community, in the dev community especially, you would think people would be like, "Oh yeah, we can definitely do better," and like 
Everyone just wants to do everything in the command line. Well, because as long as you know what you're doing, it's super fast. It's, it's fast and easy. Yeah, and powerful. I mean that was that was true way back when. The you know if you were really techie, you loved the command line. But the problem with the command line, of course, is that it's Pseudo just a blank line staring at you, and if you don't remember okay. what to do, or the syntax, or the you know you're 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 not gonna be able to do anything. So yeah. So memory, relieving human memory, has uh, made computers easier to do. All right. I think we're done. I think we've uh, – uh, well, we're not done talking about memory. I could talk about memory for hours. But I think we're done with this Memories podcast episode. Talking. In the what are you singing? You know, I never liked cats. But I, when I was in <laughs> um, high school and I did – there was I did, like, the state competition – Whenever there was anyone singing, like four times out of five, they would do that stupid song. <laughs> it was, and there was always really bad. I just was like, ugh. So uh, that's something you remember. Sadly, yeah. Here's to our memories, and um, uh, here's to forgetting. And I think we've uh, used up a, a whole other hour. Okay, so what do we want to tell people? Um, buy our courses. <laughs> okay, fine. Buy our buy our online courses. <laughs> well, you know, okay. We have wait new a ones. Wait a minute. I'll do a I'll do a pitch because we have um, new courses and we have a course on that uh, is called I think Thinking in Memory, and it's part of our um, brain new brain and behavioral science curriculum. And so, if you're interested in memory, you could take that course and learn about even actually stuff we didn't even talk about here uh so if people want to reach us and and send us their memories or anything else uh how do they reach us Guthrie? you can email info at the teamw.com yeah info at the teamw.com uh, let's see what what are what's something you're excited about that's happening soon i'm very excited for rick and morty season three that's what i'm looking forward to what are what are you looking forward to in the in life in, in the, the near world? future yes uh well i mean i'm looking forward it sounds like i know we're you and i are taking a trip to san francisco uh to to speak at the habit summit in san francisco i'm looking forward to going to san francisco i've been there in a, while, in a little bit and um and in the summer we're going to uh paris um, so work. You're looking forward Sweden. towards work. You should. You should. I'm you looking should. forward to travel. Okay. What am I looking forward in my personal life? The work was a fun answer. I was just. <sighs> I'm doing so much work. Uh, I forget. I'm looking it's forward okay. to spring. I'm looking outside mm, okay. the window here. It's good. We had a snowstorm yesterday, so. You know, it sprinkled as well. With snow. Where you yes. are. Yes. Yes. It yeah, did, well, we it had, obviously did not stick, but for it did for more than sprinkle. So I am looking forward to spring. I what my view as I'm talking to you, I have a view out the window of of uh, of my my very nice backyard. But basically, right now it's you know, um, it's fairly dead and lifeless. So I am looking forward to a view out the window where I get to see green things growing. That's a, that's a good answer. It's a good answer. All right. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Um, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, hope you hope you have a great, great week. And hope you remember what we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. I, w- I won't take it personally. Bye. <laughs>